This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 173. And uh, for those of you listening live right now, um, the world just got real crazy real fast, didn't it, Viggs? I mean, in the last, well, for the last hour, you know, we just had the NBA shut down. We found out Tom Hanks has the coronavirus. Um, and then <laughs> that doesn't even include what happened earlier today when uh, we just found out that most games all over the place are not going to have any fans in it. Uh, help us calm down here, Viggs. Well, it's going to be hard to calm down. <laughs> There's a lot of serious stuff going on in the world, and as much as sports are our little toy box, you know, there are some serious things going on. Yeah, there is definitely some serious things going on. In the NBA, it's, it sounds like even maybe one of the players may have coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, uh, they just, just, just suspended the season just within the last hour. So, uh I mean, they'll pick it up later when they can, but they're not going to just stop the season, but they're suspending the season. I'm guessing even during our show, um, the same thing could happen with the NHL. Um, it's a little different college hockey and college sports right now, Vix, because we're at the end of seasons. We're not kind of, you know, building to playoffs or anything like that. Now we're in the playoffs, and uh, I, I don't know if they could really stop the train right now, could they? Well, they definitely could if they think oh, yeah, it's they in could, the best they could. interests of everybody involved. They could easily stop things and shut things down. Uh, this is something that's going to impact everybody. I'm sure by the time this podcast is even done or by the time people are listening tomorrow, things will change even more. Yeah, things could change. I mean, right before we came on the air, the NCHC just said this weekend their games are going to be with limited fans or limited. I didn't see the official thing. I just saw someone put it up in the Mixler chat. So it's it's happening. Uh, we and, I, and I know I'm not the expert on this thing. This is just trying to slow this thing down. Exactly. As uh, University of Minnesota professor and public health expert Mike uh, Osterholm says, trying to stop this will be like trying to stop the wind. <laughs> it's it's underway. It's going to happen. Yeah. What we're doing right now isn't going to stop people from getting this. It's just going to try to slow things down and hopefully allow our hospitals and healthcare workers some space uh, to handle things. And, and that's the most important thing right now. We know this is going to spread. We know many you know many of us are going to get this. Some of us will be just fine. Some of us may not even have symptoms. Um, but the, the key here is uh, what some people aren't quite understanding. People are like, this is an overreaction. This is not an overreaction. This is a preventative measures. We know it's coming. Let's slow it down. Because if we do not slow it down, it hits much harder all at once. And our hospital system, our medical care, our medical system just cannot handle that type of volume and would basically collapse, causing even more damage. So what they're doing here, folks, just like Vig said, and Mr. Osterholm says, we can't stop this, but we could slow it down. Slowing it down is critical. Yeah, it's critical. I mean, if you care to look at what's happening in Italy right now, you know they've got such a big 
outbreak that they're having trouble finding enough ventilators for people who need them. So instead of treating people as first come, first serve, they're starting to have to make really hard decisions on who gets the best care. And so this is when they do things like this, they're trying to prevent that from happening as much as they can. So like I said, things are happening while we're on the air here. If you guys are listening, are paying attention to the Mixler chat, let us know. It's a little harder for us to monitor things while we're, while we're chatting here. So uh, if you guys see anything happen, let us know and we'll try to talk about it. But, you know, kind of backing up all the way here, Viggs, um, Gophers did win two out of three this weekend against Notre Dame. Um, Friday night, um, I didn't see the game. I was at a comp, I was at Acme. I understand it may have been the worst game we have ever seen for the Gophers. <laughs> not, not a bad one to miss. There, uh, <laughs> it uh, was kind of hard to watch. It, it was, as Bob Motzko said, going to be a rock fight. And I didn't realize it was going to be a, such a boulder fight where both teams basically were trying to put the boulder over the red line and didn't really care where it went after it got over the red line. And that's not a lot of fun to watch in hockey, <laughs> but it was a big-time adjustment for the Gophers. I think they eventually made the adjustment. I thought they played pretty well towards the end of that game. Once they kind of figured things out, they stopped giving pucks away. Uh, they started to get their ground game going a little bit more. They stopped trying to go at four and five players at the blue line <laughs> and found their flow a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know... When you're playing against that style, it's really hard when you're playing from behind. And uh, they almost got into it in the third period. Uh, the power play had a chance to get them back into it. But uh, as we've seen this season, not quite enough. So, you know, obviously the Friday night game, ugly. Uh, the shots, uh, were they? what were the final shot totals? Was it seven or eight? Or what was the final shot total? They ended up with 12. 12 and now, okay. in the Gophers' defense, I thought those were 12 pretty good shots. <laughs> a lot of them came off of turnovers, uncharacteristic of Notre Dame to turn the puck over like they did in that game. Minnesota had some chances to, to even it up or, or take the lead with mm -hmm. those 12 shots. They probably missed the net with a bunch of others. But uh, Notre Dame got really good goaltending, I thought, from Kale Morris. Yeah. He really impressed me. As much as you hate to say it, that they ran into a hot goalie, I thought Kale Morris was on top of his game and made it really tough for the Gophers. And one thing that people forget, you know, uh, LaFontaine only gave up one goal. And uh, it was really, and I mean, he, he kept them in there as best he could. Um, but you still got to score. Still got to score. As Jeff Jackson learned later in the weekend, <laughs> you, know, you need to score goals to out, you know, take away mistakes that other people make. Yeah. And whether it's your own players, the referees, or the, the bounces of the game, you know, if you can get to three, you can kind of eliminate some of those mistakes from impacting you. And for Minnesota, on Friday, you know, just getting zero doesn't really help them too much. No, it didn't. But uh, then on Saturday, they came back and uh, got the victory, two to one. It was a two nothing lead, and they held on with the the two to one. Um, what what stood out for you uh, Saturday night, Doviggs? I think the thing that stood out to me Saturday night is the patience of the Gophers. You know, I think we talked all week leading up to it how players like Sammy Walker need to really commit to a B game, not trying to beat everybody off the rush, not trying to hit home runs every play, and really forcing 
you know, the other team to, to play a hard game and be difficult to play against. And we saw goals from Ryan Zulsdorf and Cullen Munson, two guys you don't really look to to, to produce offense. No, But they all. came through at the right time. I thought Zuls did a great job filling a lane late as an option. I thought Munson did a nice job getting in the net to get his goal. And those were key for Minnesota. And I think to get through a tight game like that, you can't just rely on your top guys all the time, <laughs> and it helps when these guys chip in. So that brought us to the, the finale Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, Gophers give up the early lead, which had us concerned. Um, and, and then uh, three straight goals in the third period, or second period, I should say, to get the lead, after which is obviously something controversial. Um a five-minute major was called on Notre Dame, but the problem is it wasn't called on the ice during the pl- on, during the play. Bad and check from behind. I can't, I can't remember what it was. Uh, play went on. Notre Dame gets another penalty. That's called. They go back and look at it. Oh, boy, that's a bad hit. Five-minute major. So Gophers had full two minutes of five on three. And and you know people you know people talk about the inconsistency in the refing and and this is where I would agree with them because. If they call that five-minute major on the ice, it's only a five-minute major. There's not the five-on-three. Um, so that's where I could see where people could be a bit angry about uh, the consistency of refing. But it sure did give Minnesota a, a lift, and uh, and they took the lead on that. Yeah, they took the lead. But in college hockey, you can't shove somebody's head into the <laughs> glass, especially no, when you you're looking at their numbers from behind. I think that's going to get called in video review in every college hockey game across the country if the referee has any guts. When you see that, you can't not let that go and excuse yourself and explain yourself. So Jeff Jackson came into the media room after the game and said it was an embarrassment even watching the video review. I think if it's reversed around, he'd say it's an embarrassment if they don't make the call. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe that's what he was referring to because he was he was saying how inconsistent they were and he was not happy. I'm kind of curious if it, if the league was going to say anything because he was definitely not happy with the refereeing. Uh, but from our perspective, uh, karma's a bitch. Sometimes it just comes around and bites you in the ass, and that happened to the Gophers last season, and it just happened to happen to uh, Notre Dame this season. Yeah, I I think Minnesota played well enough to win. You know, at least two out of three this past weekend. You know, the power play once again didn't look spectacular. No. You know, there wasn't a lot of great puck movement, but they did get goals when they needed to. I thought all their goals on Sunday were really classy, pretty goals, goal scorer type goals. Uh, the ones the night before, uh, Zolstorff's one definitely was a really nice goal. So I think you can look at that and say Minnesota did produce enough offense. And I think the biggest key for them all weekend was they didn't feed Notre Dame's offense. That's always something you have to be careful about when you play a game like that against Notre Dame, who's going to put so many players back, is you can't feed their offense. And I think that's a difference with the program right now than if you look back a couple of years. Most definitely. So, you know, what what happened then is now Minnesota will head to uh, Happy Valley or Death Valley, as we were calling it in postgame, uh, to play Penn State. Uh, Ohio State uh, took care of Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan took care of Michigan State. I'm not sure all of that was expected. I thought uh, Wisconsin would put up a little better fight and 
uh, Friday night when I, I looked down at my phone and saw it's it's seven nothing, it's eight nothing. Oh my goodness, what happened to the Badgers there? Uh, got to overtime the second night, but I thought the Badgers put up a little better fight against uh, Ohio State. Vegas. Yeah, I don't think it was a great situation in Wisconsin towards the end of the year. There was a Scott Wheeler article that came out as he kind of embedded with the Badger program for a little bit to look at all their top prospects. And reading that in The Athletic, you just got the sense that most of those players weren't bought in to play college hockey. They were there to develop and and Mm -hmm. bide their time until they were ready for the NHL. I think you compare that to what's happening in Minnesota right now. You look at guys like Ryan uh, Johnson and Jackson Lacombe who are blocking shots and sacrificing their body and biding their time, not getting power play opportunities as much as they would like probably. You have a player like Scott Reedy who's been just a great goal scorer for Minnesota on the wing playing with Sammy Walker and Blake McLaughlin, sacrificing those scoring opportunities to make his team better by playing center and not batting an eyelash about it. I think that speaks to what's happening at Minnesota and what's happening at Wisconsin. And, you know, maybe that impacts recruiting a little bit as we see uh, a player from Hill Murray, you know, turn away from Wisconsin and commit to Minnesota today. Yeah, that just happened within like the last hour, didn't it? Or hour and a half. Yep. Uh, Charlie Strobel had a great season with Hill Murray, especially great tournament uh, with them as their captain. Uh, Big time score for them. I think a lot of people had him tagged uh, to play for his uncle at Wisconsin, and he decided to pick Minnesota today. And mm-hmm. uh, quite the quite the week for him. You know, he grew up playing Stillwater hockey and went to Hill Murray and was very productive there the last couple of season. I was going to talk about him. You know, when Tim Hapke sent me a question about that, and uh, sorry, Tim, we got to it before we could get to your question, but. Uh, you know, Tim came up to me and introduced himself this weekend, so it was nice to meet you, Tim. So it was always great to to run into fans at the games. Um, to, oh, to continue on the Big Ten there, Viggs, you know, Michigan kind of kept it rolling here. Took out their arch rival in Michigan State, and uh, now they head to Ohio State. Yeah, pretty impressive season for Michigan. I think Mel Pearson's done a great job with that team, much like Bob Onsko's done with Minnesota. A lot of young talent there. I think they were bolstered a little bit by having some upperclassmen like Will Lockwood and, and uh, Luch and Martin to really balance their team. Uh, but big win for them over Michigan State, who surprised everybody the first half of this Big Ten season. You know, they'd put themselves in great position, and then all of a sudden these younger teams started catching up as their freshmen developed. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty impressive job he's been doing there at Michigan. And it bodes well for the future if Minnesota and Michigan have these young teams bouncing back to compete with teams who have been a little bit more senior-heavy lately. Sky Uma really hates it that Bucky lost. He's re- really upset about it. <laughs> we know you love Bucky, Eric. We know you love him. Well, they're going to need to uh, replace their prospects. It looks like the mass exodus has already happened as those players were pretty interested in being professionals even during the last couple of weeks here, and, mm-hmm. and now they're getting their contracts. Yes, they are. So that moves us on to Penn State. But, you know, before we talk about all that and a couple questions uh, – via either Mixler or via, you know, using the hashtag GPL podcast. Let's hear from our sponsor. 
There has never been a better time to buy or refinance. So call Jerry Peters of First Class Mortgage in Maple Grove for all your mortgage needs. Interest rates are at a near all-time lows and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or, you know, you could use the equity in your home for debt consolidation or home improvements. The spring housing market is going to be hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approved letter from Jerry Peters before you start shopping. Mention you heard about him on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call Jerry at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free application. Jerry's NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is 322842. This is not an offer to lock in an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Well, thank you, Jerry, of course, for sponsoring the GPL podcast, the second half of the season. Um, because I'm going to write to a question here because it pertains right to this weekend. You know, a hockey fan asked earlier today, uh, Trying to remain calm regarding the game at PSU. Do the Gophers have a legit chance? I think we need to score first and have Jack LaFontaine play, uh, play the best game of his career. It seems in years past, Gopher goaltending disappears in big games. Your thoughts? And, and I would just kind of start that uh, my feeling going into this uh, you know, this weekend was I want to play Penn State. It's something they need to get over the hump. Um, Penn State has not played in three weeks by the time this game will happen. So, um, although they haven't played since they played Minnesota, and now we've got this added thing, Veeks, with there are going to be no fans in the stands. Yeah, it's going to be quite the opportunity for Minnesota to exercise some demons, and I think playing in front of an empty building might allow them to to, to focus on what they need to do. I think one of the things that Penn State does is apply a relentless pressure on your program to perform and to win one-on-one battles. And I think the the Gophers have gotten a little experience handling that throughout this season. And last time they were out there, they had chances to win both the games. You know, they, they had gotten leads going into the third period, and then they let Penn State get behind them and get opportunities at their net, and it wasn't sound. And it was really probably a frustrating weekend for them to get the one point on the Friday night and then get beat and give up the lead on Saturday. But I think this is a different Gopher team than we've seen in past trips to Hockey Valley, and I think they do have a really good chance this weekend. I wouldn't be as worried as some of the fans, I think, are. I've been, I'm actually I, – I was hoping for it, actually. Uh uh, Penn State didn't have anyone scheduled the last week of the season. Um, that's kind of their downfall. You, you're, you look at somebody like an Arizona State, they're going to be in even worse shape um, because they didn't have anybody and they have no playoffs to play. If they, you know, their 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 pairwise numbers are looking good, so it looks like they're going to be in a tournament, but they could go almost a full month without playing. That matters, Viggs. When you go three weeks without game play at the heart of the season, the playoffs are here. That could be really effective. It might take you a while to get going, and you could run out of gas towards the end. I think that's definitely true. I, I know Minnesota had a hard time on Friday night adjusting even to Notre Dame's style right away in the game, and they were kind of on their heels a little bit, and it took them a while to find the juice. 
and I, I don't think there's any way to really simulate live action. We've seen this in the NHL as teams come off their bye and come back into action against other teams who haven't been on the bye. I think there's a noticeable statistical difference in how well those teams perform, so much so that a lot of GMs want to do away with the byes in the NHL or at least make it so teams coming off the bye play another team coming off the bye so there's no advantage. So I think there's definitely a lot of things going in Minnesota's favor for this weekend. And the the key for them is just to take advantage of the opportunity. Yes. I know usually Bob Motzko likes to focus on just playing their game. As I see practice this week, he's spending a lot of time focusing on the things that Penn State does well and things that his team needs to be aware of for the weekend. Yes, yes. It, it's <clears> – <throat> And like you said, this is their opportunity to take advantage of the situation. Uh, Penn State hasn't played well. Uh, they played better at Penn State recently. It's just a hump they need to get over, Vegas, because they've been – I don't think they've won there in, what, three years? It's been a while. What was It might have been that overtime game where Kloos ties it late and uh, Pitlick won it in overtime a few years back was the last time they had won there. Yeah, it's not been a place they've played well. I think it's a style that – really hurts them where it puts a lot of pressure on their defense. I think that's been a, one of our big talking points over the last couple of seasons is that Minnesota's defensemen have not handled pressure very well. And they turn over a lot of pucks and the forwards and the defensemen get disconnected and the gaps get too big. And that just leads to problems where they get shift after shift hemmed in and it creates problems. And I think they've looked better lately and now players like Ryan Johnson, uh, Jackson Lacombe, Matt Stodiker are mature enough where they should be able to handle that kind of pressure. I think we've seen Tyler Nanny, uh, Ryan Zulsdorf start to handle that pressure a little bit better this year. They don't try to do too much. They're just trying to do the right amount. And I think it's led to a lot of productive hockey, especially in the second half. I think the Gophers have looked really good since Christmas. And I think going into this weekend – I think the Gophers have the better goaltender in that mm-hmm. by far. And, you know, the atmosphere is going to be like uh, practice. You're going to have family members there from both schools probably, um, some faculty, some coaches. Um, otherwise, you're going to be able to hear Frank and Wally calling the game from the other side of the rink. Yeah, we might even get to hear uh, Mr. Brodzinski or Mr. Nanny. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably hear the announcers for sure, but uh, it's going to be a different building. Yeah, it's and, and that's and that's got to be a big deal. I mean, that is an intimidating place to play. There's just no doubt about that. Yeah, and their last win came February 18th, 2017 at Penn State. That's a long time ago. That is a long time ago. You know, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up, Vs, is, uh, you know, a lot of times leagues are dependent on these tournaments at the end of the season to make money. Um, that changed, you know, when Minnesota or Big Ten kind of went to – on campus, um, you know, you've got the WCHA doing the same thing. There's not as much revenue coming in. Uh, but, you know, you look at someone like the NCHC, which depend a lot on their tournament coming up next weekend. Uh, that's a big moneymaker. That was the same thing for the old WCHA days. Um, this could be a big financial hit for leagues uh, like the NCHC. Yeah, it's going to be a hit for a lot of college athletics across the country. I think if there's one benefit to being in the Big Ten, as much as some people uh, seem to dislike it, 
it's going to be safety nets. Yep. You know, they, they get that big check from the Big Ten because of their network and all those things. They're not as reliant on ticket revenue as some of these other leagues are. And that's part of being a big institution like Minnesota and Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State. They can afford to make these decisions for the better interest. And then you look at some of the Ivy League schools. Uh, they, they were the first to jump on this. And then earlier today, I believe both Harvard and Yale have ended their seasons. It's It's over. Yeah, it's a, it's a different situation right now across the country, and you know we just have to hope that it, it has some sort of impact. I mean, that, that's that's pretty unprecedented. Uh, so now the EC, AC is going to have to kind of juggle their tournament and do quite a few things to to make up because their teams are just stopped playing. It's it, it's a real goofy situation. Um, I haven't heard about you know. I, I think right as we were going live, the NCHC said they were going to be doing something for this weekend. I, I haven't read the official announcement of if it's going to be no fans, but I, I heard something came out. I'm guessing maybe the WCHA may follow up. Um, they're down to just a couple games themselves, and not that little further in their tournaments. So, um, boy, it's just uh, the, the world changed real fast in the last 24 hours, Vegs. Yeah, and I do hear that one of the things that public health officials are focusing on is crowd sizes over a thousand. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of these programs, you know, they're going to be able to hold the games and and continue that way. It's just you don't want to have these big gatherings of people because things can happen real quick and and uh, get out of hand. And I think you know one other thing is these big schools, you know, they have the opportunity to do charters. You know, they're going to be able to get their players there without exposing them to to big airport concourses, airport planes, other passengers. They're going to be able to limit some of their contact. So those are some things to to be taking note of. Yeah, Victor in the uh, Mexico chat here goes, you know, that sucks that both Yale and Harvard just hung it up. Um, I mean, it's not just teams hanging up there. It's, you know, seniors that thought they were going to continue their career, and all of a sudden it's over. And there's it's and it's not over on the ice where they want want to finish their career. It's It's just not even being played. Something we've never dealt with in our lifetime. That's, yep. that's for sure. So it's just, you know what, folks? It's just going to keep getting crazier. Um, things are going to get canceled. I mean, it looks like right now, you know, the, the regionals are going to have no fans. The Frozen Four could have no fans. Um, right now, we can just hope that it doesn't get so bad that these things are canceled um, and it's not played at all. I mean, uh, that would be the real tragedy. You can't really just push this out to later in the year like the NBA can do. Um, this is the end of the season, and this is you know we're we're trying to crown a champion here and here and you know I I don't think the NCAA will do that, but they just I mean the NCAA just killed their cash cow in the men's NCAA, men's NCAA basketball tournament. March I mean, Madness. my understanding is that when the NCAA made that announcement, it was for all of their championships pending. Mm-hmm. They called out the men's basketball and the women's basketball. But I, I feel like the Frozen Four is under that realm of maybe being well, taken away from fans. Oh, so that they could take it away, not just the no fans thing. Well, I think they're still going to try to hold it. Because the NCAA hockey Twitter account did say updated ticket information for NCAA championships closed to the public. Um, they said they're, they're, they're going to start a refund process and things like that. That was from the okay. NCAA ice hockey account. 
yeah. earlier today. They just had to say the statement was oh, actually here. Let's click the more info here on, on the link that they sent because it was just a graphic that said. Uh, so my understanding was they weren't going to allow fans into the Frozen Four. Or the regionals. Hold on a second. Men's division, men's ice hockey championship division one. This NCAA championship has been closed to the public. That was the official release. If you ordered your tickets from an official NCAA championship vendor online or over the phone, you'll be refunded. No additional action is needed. Um, that was the tweet this afternoon. In fact, let's see if I can go back and uh, retweet that if I can. I've already retweeted it. We'll retweet it again for people so it sounds like you know it frozen four is locked up it's not going to have fans and that means the regionals as well so and then we'll just see if they go further and decide to cancel the whole thing i don't think that's going to happen at this point i, I, I hope not they, because I it is the they're end still going to finish the seasons i think some of the spring sports you know they're probably in jeopardy since yep. we're so early in that season uh, i know when some of these other uh Things have popped up. That's been the case where they cancel things that are just starting and they try to reschedule it as best they can. But unfortunately, this is probably the right thing to do because we've seen what, what's happened when in the past uh, public health officials have not been able to, to shut off these big gatherings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see, folks. You know, it's uh, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, Eastsider, no fans at the Ralph this weekend. Uh, Unjust makes another point. You know, if a player tests positive, things could change real quick. Yeah, it would change real quick. I think they would try to quarantine players at that point, which would be an interesting thing to have happen to a team going down the stretch here. But uh, you know, they're definitely going to be keeping eyes on everybody. That's for sure. Well, let's just hope right now we can get through this weekend's games. You know, we've got Minnesota heading to Hockey Valley on Saturday and Michigan heading to Ohio State, and they'll play at Nationwide Arena in Columbus because uh, I believe something else is going on, but that'll still be in front of no fans, it sounds like, isn't it? Isn't Ohio State going to be following the same rules? Yep, they're going to be following the same rules in Ohio State. I know they've got confirmed cases at Ohio State University. <sighs> Crazy day, Viggs. <laughs> I don't know if we can really talk about much more. There's really not much more to talk about. Well, we can talk about the pairwise. Well, yeah, are... I mean, there are scenarios if Minnesota, uh, if they got some help and uh, you know made it to the championship game, I do believe against Michigan, even if they lose, there's a small percentage they could get in, correct? There is a small percentage. But one of those things where that small percentage applies is if everybody kind of wins as expected in the other leagues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just have 15 at-large teams who all would be in. That would be a chance for Minnesota to get in. Unlikely that you want to rely on that. So Minnesota <laughs> and Bob Motzko and the rest of the team have said all week, you know, we got to win one, and then we got to win another. That's their entire focus. Uh, there's no talk about backdoor getting into the tournament correct and that's that's probably the right attitude to take uh they're not even focusing on the scenarios maybe until you know they get to the final game then they could take a closer look at things you know it's hard not to at that point find all the different scenarios that could get you in but this team right now they're focused on winning two and Motsko is coaching this team like they are in a 
final game elimination this weekend. And it looks like a USA Hockey is canceling quite a bit of high school, youth, and adult sled nationally championships cross nation. Things are getting canceled all over the place here. Um, just happening within the last few minutes. So uh, it's hard to stay live here. <laughs> Even though we're live, it's hard to stay keep up with what's going on. So what are you working on with the athletic? <laughs> <laughs> Well, one bit of athletic news that I I wanted to share with people, if uh, they're so inclined, is uh, Chad Graf uh, had a baby girl mm-hmm. this month and uh, found out that she had some very um, difficult situations that they discovered after she was born uh, where she has a chromosomal issue that's called Zellweger's, uh, Zellweger's and uh, she probably does not have very long to be with her parents. And I know that uh, Giles Farrell started a GoFundMe fundraiser for their family to help pay for medical expenses and probably a donation to Children's Hospital. Uh, you can tie it to things that happen in the wild game uh, against the Kings tonight if you yeah. so yep. choose. I know uh, one uh, basketball coach at the University of Minnesota donated $500 to that GoFundMe, which I thought was a nice uh, gesture by him. But if people uh, – are interested. I, I think it's a worthy cause, and I, I feel for that family. Uh, Chad has shared some things on the Caring Bridge site that must have been incredibly painful to write. Very much so. Um, Boy, it's it it's tough. hard to read sometimes. I think you know I've got little kids, and my firstborn spent some time in the NICU, and uh, I think he could use all the support that people are be willing to offer right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's just a tough time all around for him right now. It's uh, and he was, he was like you said, he was very blunt and honest in his uh, in at the Caring Bridge article that he wrote. Um, actually, I'm very surprised. It was very composed as well. Well, I think it's probably a little therapeutic for him yeah, to yeah. to use something that he's especially talented at doing to get through this time and. Uh, shows a lot of strength in his family the way they're handling it most most definitely and uh, we're all thinking of him and his and his and his wife and and their child right now so a very tough time um well i hate to end on a sad note like that Viggs, but uh it's just <laughs> well, kind, it's just it it's just kind of what it, you know it's a small yeah. community here yep, it uh, is. the journalism people around the community and the athletic is a is a great spot and a tough time there i think uh to to close I can share with that practice this week, you know, the Gophers are upbeat. I know Bob talked about his team on Sunday. He just noticed a, a jump in his group. Uh, they are kind of a goofy group. Their their leaders are kind of giddy and a little different. You know, you've got guys like uh, Sammy Walker and Blake McLaughlin. They're uh, pretty loose fellows. Uh, Jack LaFontaine, uh, very loose as people very. who watch the post-game periscopes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know they're they're ready to play here. I think with all this chaos going around in the world right now, those guys are focused on what they need to do and and they want to see their season continue. And one thing that we didn't talk about in the podcast is uh, Mr. Perbex is done for the season. Yeah, after his hit, it wasn't a head injury. Uh, as he got hit from behind, it looked like as he fell, uh, he got a player on top of him that kind of bent his knee in a little bit different direction. You saw the reaction from him right away that something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't look like it's going to require surgery, according to Motsko. 
and uh, he's just going to be in a brace and uh, will take some time to recover from it. So, you know, not a long-term impactful injury to him, but something that's going to take him out of the lineup unless the Gophers go really far and he heals really quickly. Might be good just to shut him down. <laughs> it might be the safe thing to do. Yeah, maybe. I, I will say that I think the Gophers have gotten some good contributions from um, Colin Munson and Joy Marooney down the stretch. Uh, those guys don't play a lot of minutes, but I think they've provided some energy when called upon. I thought they looked really aggressive on the forecheck. Uh, Munson picking up the goal, driving the net. Uh, Munson's been you know, a, a nice surprise. And then Marooney, I think one of the issues with him earlier in his career is when he got chances like this, he committed penalties. <laughs> and he's avoided doing that this year. He's yep. he's done a really nice job chipping in when they've needed him. Yeah, I mean, you, you need those kind of spark plugs at this time of the season. It's the guys who go out there and just bust their ass and uh, make things happen because, you know, they might not score all the time. You know, they do once in a while, but it's just get that turnover, get, you know, get someone else in position to make the play. That's uh, That's exactly what we need. Yeah, and I think yeah, I just looked. He's only got three penalties this year, so that's pretty good for him for playing in twenty games uh, for Marooney. <laughs> and I think this weekend the the big key for Minnesota is to stay out of the box. Uh, Penn State has a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, I think they've got a unit that can be pretty deadly compared to other teams out there. Uh, it's one of the top power plays in the Big Ten. I think they're like at twenty seven percent or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota's power play, if they do get chances, you know, they're going to have to find a way to contribute. It's been really spotty this year. They're last in the Big Ten at 16%. I just can't figure it out as much as Bob is a power play guy. He's really stuck to his units the whole year to just kind of put some trust in them and let them try to figure it out on, the, on their own. One key, I think, for them is going to be Ben Myers in the faceoff circle. When you're playing Penn State, if you can start with the puck, that's a huge help, and he's been their best face-off guy all year. Only time will tell. Oh, look out. <laughs> so, yeah, the only time will tell, folks. Um, you know, we've got the big games this weekend. Uh, let's knock on wood that they, they still happen because, you know, with this changing environment the last uh, – literally the last eight hours, um, we just don't know. Uh we're hoping the games will go on. We anticipate the games will go on. Um, but it's just it's just so fluid right now. Everything is changing so fast. So uh, we're hoping that the Gophers will have a chance to uh, defeat the Penn State Nittany Lions this weekend. Uh, uh, the puck drops at 6 o'clock p.m. local time. It'll be on the Big Ten Network. And, of course, uh, Frank and Wally will be calling it on the radio as well. So. I think I think one last thing that we should get to What's on that? our podcast is uh, Ted Cerebral yet Farmer Strong has a four part Twitter question using the GPL podcast hashtag. Really? When did that happen? Just right now? Just in the last ten minutes, he has put together a, almost a you know a couple hundred words here. I, I had turned my phone off. I did not see anything. So well, he, he is basically suggesting that after the first round of the Big Ten playoffs where you play your best of three, that you do a second round with three games similar to the old Final Five. But I think that's going to be difficult to do because yeah. I think you're going to have issues with rotating venues for this one because the Big Ten is an airplane league and a time zone league. 
where you have yeah, players from sucks. all over the place. It's not quite as local as the old WCHA. As much as I think it is probably a good solution to shorten up the the schedule, I think the Big Ten is hoping that they get an eighth member soon. As much as uh, Bouchergras thinks <laughs> Illinois is going to happen, I think he's throwing darts blindly. You like I'm Mike hoping, Tyson? <laughs> like Mike Tyson, hoping he hits a bullseye. I will believe it when Illinois makes the announcement that they have a donor who has you know sixty to one hundred million dollars to launch a program. <laughs> I know. So I just reading now. He also wants us to do a live show for episode twenty, number two hundred. I would love to do that. I just don't quite have the equipment to do that. Uh, when you're broadcasting live, it's a little different. Well, maybe a big hat guy will come through with a big donation. Yeah, <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said I would love to do a live broadcast, but you know, obviously, right now, um, we just love to be a be live you know streaming most podcasts do not go live at all they just record and that's it that's a that's one thing i feel that our podcast is different is that we are live we can interact with some of the people see their questions as we're talking um i'm just not sure on the live broadcast thing um i just have no way of getting the sound out to them i don't have gigantic speakers that you know could be heard all over the place and there's just a lot of things that uh, would not be easy to do Maybe it'll be a exploration in the off season for us to figure out that too. Yeah, he did. Have and we could always record something. We could Who always, knows? maybe we could even get special guests. Yeah. I'm still thinking about that. Somebody doesn't follow me. I notice anymore on Twitter. <laughs> we'll save that for overtime. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this week's GPL podcast. You know, we're trying to stay on top of things as they're changing. If something drastic happens, you know, we'll try to put something together and come back on live. I, I think that would be fair to you guys, and or at least Viggs and I will try to get something if something drastically changes. You know, in the next twenty four to forty eight hours, you know, with with, with hockey. Uh, but for the, those of you listening live, you know, we'll be back uh, for a little bit of overtime. And the Pathrest, you will be back next week. We'll preview the Big Ten title game. Will Minnesota be there? We'll have to wait and see. 